You are listening to the QSR Web Podcast. Hello, and welcome back to the QSR Podcast. I'm your host, QSR Web Editor Shelley Whitehead. And first up this week, we sink into something sweet and really as American as apple pie. Or maybe I should say an apple pie blizzard because our first guest today is American Dairy Queen Director of Franchising Development, Julie Davis, who will be with us to talk about that longtime brand's constant reinvention of itself. And then Mexican fresh tortilla brand Panchero stops in, in the form of the brand's Vice President of Marketing, Ryan Murren. It's all ahead after this brief message. Are you a supplier or a brand working to elevate the customer experience? The Interactive Customer Experience Association connects brands, suppliers, agencies, and more who are working to create transcendent customer experiences. Let's work together to create a better customer experience ecosystem for us all. Join the ICX Association today at ICXA.org. With more than 7,000 locations worldwide, including the 2,000 here in the U.S. and Canada, and a hefty 50% of its annual sales attributed to its ice cream concoctions, longtime Dairy Queen brand has come to be depended on for creamy and chilled relief around the U.S. for decades. In small and large towns, it's also the summer hangout and place to see and be seen lending itself well to the brand's $4.5 billion global sales last year. And with us today is the woman in charge of how this brand develops and grows here in the U.S., American Dairy Queen Franchise Development Director Julie Davis. Welcome, Julie. Thank you, Shelley. Let's just start off with a good description of who slash what you feel American Dairy Coin is now as a QSR brand? Well, as you mentioned, Dairy Queen is a brand that's nearly 80 years old. However, our restaurant and products continue to resonate with fans and uh, no matter what their age, truly have something for everyone. Our goal as a company is to strive to be the world's favorite quick service restaurant brand. Also, as you mentioned, we have more than 7,000 locations in the United States, Canada, and 24 other countries around the globe. We are also very proud to be a part of the Berkshire Hathaway family, which is led by uh, Warren Buffett, the legendary investor and CEO of Berkshire. Uh, We have been a member of the Berkshire family since 1998. Uh, We are a thriving, nearly 100% franchise system. We only have two corporately owned stores that are uh, near our headquarters in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And we are still relevant today as it was back when Grandpa McCullough began franchising Dairy Queen locations nearly 80 years ago. Uh, For all these reasons and more, uh, our iconic brand continues to attract top quality franchisees who are expanding our presence around the world. So, uh, Grandpa McCullough, huh? (laughs) Uh, he's everybody's grandpa now i guess um you know it's clear today that the qsr customer now kind of wants wholesome healthy food that won't necessarily pack on the pounds but i believe that repeated research also indicates fast food customers are very much into periodic treats 
of something sweet. So how is DQ changing to address QSR customer needs today on both points? Yeah, no, great, great subject. It comes up quite a bit. You know, there's still a tremendous emphasis on value, quality, and innovation in the QSR industry. And innovation is at the core of what we do. It's absolutely critical in our business. So that is what we are continuously focused on from a development standpoint on products to development of locations. As Troy Bader mentioned, for Dairy Queen, it's evolutionary, not revolutionary, right? We're interested in adapting to consumers' habits over time and pursuing trends that are appropriate for our brand. Uh, You know, sometimes you just can't be everything to everybody. Uh, Right now, the biggest opportunity is in our food, uh, our chicken strips, our burger, and our other products. That's why we're focused from a development standpoint on growing with our DQ grill and chill model and moving past the treat-only type of locations or mentality. We've been mixing up our menu a bit to cater to those who who may be counting calories. Uh, our low-fat and low-sugar orange vanilla bar, uh, which is Warren, Bay, Warren Buffett's favorite, has <laughs> quickly become a favorite of, of many of our customers. We have also have our mini blizzard, um, so it's reduced the size, so of course, with, with more of a focus on calorie count. Uh, and then we also off, offer our grilled chicken sandwiches uh, and salads, which are pretty popular as well. Despite our name, uh, one change we may explore that we're currently testing is desserts for people who avoid dairy. That's a, that's a mm. big segment of the, the community anymore. Uh, and so we're currently testing treats made from soy, almond, and coconut milk. That's good news for this particular reporter because I am, as they used to say, lactose intolerant, so can't digest that milk sugar. Um, and there are a lot of people like me these days, aren't there? Uh, absolutely. And, you know, as a mom and a Dairy Queen fan myself and uh, taking our family, we have one that doesn't get to participate. So that's, that's always a difficult, uh, difficult reward for our family when, when not everybody gets to participate. So yes, you, just as a, uh, as a consumer as well. So I, I, I resonate, it resonates with our, our household. It really is um, a responsive industry um, all around quick service and, and, um, BQ's been right there responding for a lot of years. So um, I I did read a a Reuters article that quoted your CEO, who you mentioned, Troy Bader, is saying, and I'm going to read this quote directly, when we look at trends, you have to decide which you're going to lead in, which you're going to follow, and which you may not participate in at all. So I'm wondering with that notion in mind, tell me what is DQ trying to lead the pack in while choosing to perhaps follow or not necessarily lead with in the QSR sector now? Sure. And Troy is is such a great speaker. He's he's so eloquent and he can it really delivers so much about our brand with such passion. And that's one of the things that's really, uh, I think, very unique to Dairy Queen is just the passion around it. We want to be the leader in serving the best, most flavorful and quality products available to our fans. 
you know, since 1985, uh, we've blended in the best mix-ins into soft serve to create our iconic blizzard treat. Uh, and, you know, since 1985, we've created more than 200 different blizzards. Um, oh, jeez. I know it's pretty crazy. Uh, we're heading into summer, and with that, we have a blockbuster new treat menu, a summer blizzard menu, and then a surprise pop culture blizzard that is going to be out of this world. Um, the summer blizzard menu features uh, the new Oreo cookie jar, caramel cannonball, and brownie dough, and fan favorites cotton candy, summer berry cheesecake, and s'mores. Uh, our blizzard treats are made to order and so thick that they're served upside down, right? So we've just introduced four new Sunday toppings as well. So rich cocoa chunks, smooth midnight fudge, uh, sweet praline pieces, and summer berry. Uh, and we've also added a new orange and creamy dreamsicle dip to complement our already chocolate dip for our cones. So we're always looking at innovating uh, and wanting to lead uh, the industry in, cre in treat creations. Um, our new summer menu also includes cup sections, which are handcrafted over-the-top type of Sunday experiences. Uh, they're blended to order with unique cake shakes garnished uh, within the high-quality toppings. So it's definitely something folks need to try. On the food side of the menu, this year we gave our popular chicken strips a sweet new twist with the launch of uh, a new crave-worthy chicken and waffles basket, which performed extremely well for all of our operators. So we take from the industry and, and incorporate some of those ideas to enhance our already uh, you know, wonderful offerings from food and what have you. Um, and, and like all aspects of our menu and consumer trends, we're always keeping an eye on the popularity of a variety of our menu items. So there are a number of variables that we gauge prior to ensuring menu items are appropriate for Dairy Queen and that they will appeal to the, our operators uh, and our fans. So at the moment, we are really focused on the quality of our current products, including our chicken strips, which are very popular with our fans. And we'll continue to gauge the pulse of the industry, our fans, and Dairy Queen operators on various menu trends. And we'll always have to evolve our menu as appropriate for the business. So how does uh, the franchisee and his or her feedback figure into the decisions you make about menu items and the decisions you make about, you know, day-to-day -day operations? How does that help with overall brand growth in the U.S.? You know, it's, it's funny because there are franchisees, they should have, uh, you know, the, the most input, right? So as a brand that's growth, who, whose growth is 100% dependent and reliant on our franchisees growing their operations, we're very dialed in with our franchisees. Uh, we have franchise advisory councils to foster that communication between our franchise group and our leadership team. Um, these advisory groups are involved in discussions regarding every aspect of our company, from marketing and operations to technology to menu development. Um, we have to, um, as a franchisor, prioritize our franchisees success and their feedback. They're in there doing this every day. Um, and some of our best ideas come from the franchisees, either through these councils or through, you know, their business consultants who are working alongside them in their markets 
every day to, to help our franchisees enhance their businesses. So it's a very collaborative relationship um, with, you know, again, nearly being a 100% franchised organization. Their voices are very powerful and very important. I'm wondering then, from the franchisees, what you're hearing about the overall need for technology, which seems to be just so much more increasingly important in QSR operation. So what they're saying about their need for technology with DQ customers today and how you're addressing that organizationally. Sure. Well, you know, it's, it goes into everything. So, you know, the restaurants that we're going to build this year are going to be here for 20 years. So we have to make sure that they are going to be able to service our customers um, as that technology um, transforms over the next, you know, 15, 20 you know, forever. Technology is always transforming. You know, 10 years ago when, when somebody introduced the idea of using a kiosk as an order point, everybody thought that was just the most insane thing, right? And so yeah. today our franchisees are so much more sophisticated and the business is so much more sophisticated in the sense that you're utilizing that technology. You need that for your reporting. You need it to understand how to manage your business better. And so they're right alongside with us when we're looking at new restaurant design. What do we need to evolve um, to handle a, a different type of technology platform, whether it's you know the, the creation of our DQ app, which received more than 2 million downloads in like the first first year it was was created, you, you have to be able to provide those technology points so that our restaurants stay as relevantly connected to our customers and how our customers today choose to use restaurants. And so usually that's going to uh, create some type of evolution with the technology. Do you think, and and this is kind of unfair for me to ask, but I'm just going to ask it anyway, are the franchisees pushing the organization technology-wise, or is the organization pushing the franchisees? I will have to say, I, I think that the brand is really the one that's driving the innovation on the technology side. You know, we have some franchisees that just celebrated their 65th anniversary being franchisees, wow. right? And so yeah. we have a system of legacy franchisees who, um, you know, may not need or understand or, or have the, the knowledge of embracing that new technology. But on the other hand, we also have, again, much more sophisticated franchisees that are multi-brand franchisees. And so they're, they, they utilize, you know, technology. And, and so those folks are, you know, always bringing great new ideas. So when we have new franchisees into our system, uh, you know, those are ones we really encourage to get involved in these councils so that, you know, it's not just uh, a company pushing the system. It's, it's, it's something that we can all agree uh, we need together. So Yeah, they kind of learn from each other, so to speak. You yeah. sure do. And, and, and people, people sure appreciate something when it's not being forced down their throats, right? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Unless it's a blizzard. You can force Unless that down. Unless <laughs> In fact, when you were describing all those flavors, I was thinking I feel my thighs growing as I sit here. Um, well, you know what's so funny? I sit here in my office and I have my my screens, and and, and our screensavers are all are, are all ice cream. So I, oh. I sit here and look at these pictures all day. So you know, when it comes to d- dinner time and dessert time, I, I have to be very. Um, 
uh, discipline to not every end every day with, oh, let's go to Dairy Queen. So. <laughs> well, it's not a bad way to end the, end the day. I, I really <laughs> appreciate, Julie. It is fun to talk to you about this brand that's been around for so long has been one of my hangouts for so long. So I really appreciate your stopping by today. We'll be watching. Absolutely. Well, thank you for being a, a loyal fan. Of course. Thank you so much. And now from the cold and creamy to the very often hot and spicy, right after this brief message, we'll be back with Panchero's Vice President of Marketing, Ryan Murren, State Court. Interactive Customer Experience Association's mission is to connect B2C brands to technology that elevates the customer experience. Brands have access to resources, project help, news, and insights based around boosting their customer experience. Suppliers gain network opportunities to reach these brands and help them provide solutions to elevate their customer experience. Join today at ICXA.org. If I asked you to name two super big trends in today's limited service category, you might well mention an increasing emphasis on fresh and fresh-made ingredients, as well as American seemingly endless love for heat and spice. On both of those counts, the brand we're talking to today has made a very obvious claim with its fresh-made tortillas and spicy entrees. And I speak, of course, of Pancheros here today in the form of the brand CMO, Ryan Murren, who joins us now. Welcome, Ryan. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Shelley. Well, it's our pleasure. Let's just get started by asking you, I try to get a snapshot of the brand at this moment, first off the bat, um, including things like how many locations you've got, your geographic reach, and kind of the entree price range, if we can. Yeah, you bet. Um, so Poncheros is about um, 70 locations right now. We are just about to open our second in the Dallas area, which would make 71. Um, <laughs> we've also got a handful of new markets like uh, Raleigh, North Carolina coming um, we're in 13 states right now, and our entree price is right around $7 across the country. Okay. Is is that where they start, and there's just a range, or is that average for you all? That, Yeah, that's about average. Some, some okay. are, um, you know, closer to, you know, $7 or $7.25, um, but depending on the area, it's it's right around 7 Right. And you all firmly identify with fast casual as a we, as a brand, do. as a restaurant segment. So the tortilla is central to everything here with Panchero's fresh pressed, essentially fresh made tortillas being a brand claim to fame since the beginning. How does that distinguish your stand up now in the Mexican limited service market? And and I'm wondering how important that will be going forward as you grow. Yeah, and great question. You know, <clears throat> fortunately, our founder had the foresight years ago to assess um, what was going to be a differentiator. And he'd grown up eating these amazing burritos in Chicago where the tortillas were were fresh. Um, so fast forward to today, and that tortilla is still what people usually experience first. 
So when you're making it right there, rather than reheating a pre-made tortilla and trying to reintroduce moisture into the tortilla, it just seals perfectly at the end. So it's something for Pancheros that is incredibly unique and, and an important element for the brand. So you will continue to to build around that particular asset at Take It going forward. We will. It's it's a core piece of um, how people experience Poncheros. Whether they get a burrito or not, they see that tortilla being made um, in line. So, you know, it's a great element to show that we make, you know, our food fresh in the restaurant every single day. It's really, that's where everything's at right now, isn't it? It is, yeah. Yeah, and that that extends to everything that we do, whether it's the the queso, the guac, you know, the steak that we serve. Everything is is prepped and cooked uh, in the restaurant, which is pretty unique for the category right now. Seems lately that there's some renewed emphasis on fresh cheese too, in the form of that velvety white stuff we call queso. So tell us, what's up with that? Am, am I reading that right? What informed that emphasis on the queso and where do you want it to take you and the brand? Yeah, you know, our, our queso is just one of those things that our fans have always been in love with. And it was an insight I uncovered as I was starting with Poncheros and we were building our new brand campaign. You know, our fans love to talk about our queso. They you know, email us, they tweet about it, they post about it. Uh, and Poncheros nailed the recipe right from the start. You know, and as I mentioned before, we make the queso fresh in every restaurant each day, um, like our other items. And that emphasis on actual cooking uh, in the restaurant is is unique. You know, what would you say if you had to describe why this queso, in your view, now this is your your time to, to um, tweak your brand here, uh, but but what what is it that makes the queso there so special? We talked about the moisture and sealing it in with the uh, yeah. with the tortillas. What about the queso? Yeah, you know, um, I'm I'm going to borrow some lines from our new advertising campaign, but um, what the way that we were looking at it was it's it's melty it's perfectly spicy it's got great flavor um you know it's just it's something that when you think of the quintessential queso um it it checks all of those boxes so um and it's it's good on its own with a chip or inside a burrito or on a bowl yes please i'll take some right now <laughs> you you know, you all built a, a lot of your original growth around the idea that college towns would be accelerators for the brand. And I wonder if that's still the case or has it changed? And if so, how? Yeah, you know, our college roots really defined our brand. Um, you know, speaking personally, my first year of college at the University of Iowa um, was Ponchero's first year. And I still remember that that first experience and probably was one of Ponchero's top customers in those first four years. Um, <laughs> but our growth strategy is really to go to those markets where people live and work. Um, it's a concept that works well in both college 
um, and non-campus locations, but you know the opportunity is to to really expand beyond those campus locations. How does kind of being a collegiate brand, you know, born and bred, so to speak, how does that propel you forward? And how do does that give you any particular assets as you move into a larger audience? Yeah, I mean, one of our, I think, our assets being from Iowa, being from the Midwest, um, and and especially on college campuses, is that people are going to school and and moving to places like Dallas or Minneapolis or you know New Jersey or wherever, and they have these roots and these experiences with Poncheros that um, has helped seed our growth. So you know when we went to the Dallas area, as soon as we had released that we were coming there. Um, we got a whole bunch of Iowa alums that reached out and said they were so <laughs> excited and they were coming to the first opening. And I think, you know, the first 10 people in line had Hawkeye gear, um, you know, <laughs> coming through and getting a burrito. So it's kind it's of a, like old home week. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly. wonderful. So let's yeah. talk about some of the most current initiatives around both marketing and delivery. Since I understand system-wide delivery is rolling out and you have a new digital social marketing campaign, as well as a whole new media agency. So why yeah. were these important things to do now for Poncheros and what, where are you going with this? Great question. So as I started, we we kind of assessed what all the opportunities were. And, and one was definitely refreshing our um, brand campaign. Um, so we started by kind of digging into who our customer is by using some data to understand um, who they are, what motivates them, their buying habits, how they consume media. Um, and a couple insights really informed um, the development of the new integrated campaign. Um, one was um, that our customer is tech savvy and they're using um, interacting and researching brands and social and digital. Um, and so our campaign had to be social first uh, in its approach, which is why if you see the campaign, um, it works whether you have the sound on or not and lets the ingredients and the you know bright, colorful um, guacamole and queso and pico and carnitas um, really do the talking. The second insight was that, you know, we have a lot of folks that, that know Poncheros and know what makes Poncheros special, but as we move into new markets like Dallas and Raleigh, we have a lot of people who are just discovering Poncheros. So what we needed to do was look at how we were talking about elements of the brand. And one of the differentiators was, or is, um, mixing the burrito. And, and the tool that we have is called Bob. And so if you know, you're a fan of Poncheros already, you know that when you walk in and you say, Bob, my burrito, it means to mix it up. But for new customers, they don't know that. And, you know, the benefit Ooh, of mixing they're everything not, not cool. at the end is, <laughs> yeah, you get that perfect bite at the end um, uh, with, you know, the pico and carnitas and queso all mixed together rather than a, a bite full of sour cream. So, You'll see in some of our brand campaign that we've kind of reoriented um, to focus on the benefit rather than the, the tactics. Um, and then, you know, as you mentioned, we we hired a new media agency. 
Um, we brought them together with uh, our creative partner, our PR team, um, and right off the bat established an integrated planning um, process so that we had a campaign that was activated across um, creative and media and um, own channels, earn channels, and paid channels so that wherever you're seeing it, um, you, it, it had the same consistent um, tone, voice, and message. Um, and that, that's important for us because we're still a small brand and leaning uh, into social and digital first ensures that our marketing dollars, our franchisees marketing dollars um, are being spent on the right um, customer in the right location at the right time. So if you had to describe, you said tone, voice, and message, kind of like the personality. How would you mm -hmm. uh, describe Panchero's personality to, you know, if it were, if Panchero's was a guy or a gal and you were introducing yeah. him for a friend, how would you do that? Um, it's a great question. You know, I, it's not um, very fair of me. <laughs> Sorry, but... <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, you know, it's it's uh, clever, um, sometimes a little coy. Um, you know, it's okay for us to um, to hint at things where people are in on a, um, an inside joke. Um, you know, it's it's uh, simple. So simplicity is at the core of everything that we do, whether it's the operations, um, the experience in the restaurant, the experience in digital and social, it's, um, we wanna make sure that we don't get in the way of, um, you know, people uh, getting what they want. So, you know, it's fun, clever, intelligent, but not preachy. I like that. It does kind of nail it. And um, it kind of makes you wanna get to know Poncheros. <laughs> Um, I, I really appreciate it, Ryan. Um, I think it's uh, it's an interesting brand. And, you know, like one of the things she was saying was the focus on simplicity. It does seem like you've kind of stripped it down to the bare essentials as to what really matters. And um, so it'll be fun to watch you all go forward and see how you turn on in North Carolina and the like. And um I, I appreciate you taking time out to talk with us today a little bit more about it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Shelley. Thanks so much, Ryan, and to both our guests today for another dive into the many faces and facets of quick service restaurant operation. And just a reminder to come right back next Friday when KFC US CEO Kevin Hawkman joins the conversation to talk chicken along with restaurant tech provider Chowley with the latest on developments in that rapidly changing field. Until then, I wish you a great weekend and even better business in the week ahead. Bye, all. <laughs>